Is my voice loud enough if I just speak without a microphone? <laughs> Great. <laughs> I have enough things to juggle already. <laughs> Thank you for your warm welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this uh, fantastic museum. And this event looking at what Jesus do we find under the layers of time. We can, of course, only uh, scratch the surface of such a large subject. Uh, I'll be specifically looking at uh, archaeological facts and the faith of early Christians. Uh, the picture up here of this fantastic mosaic around a, a baptismal pool. Is from the Basilica at Stobi. And uh, members of uh, this museum were involved in the uh, uh, unearthing the archaeological study of uh, this site. Uh, I'm told that uh, these animals around here represent. Uh, the soul uh, drinking the uh, water of eternal life uh, from Christ. According to John's Gospel, Jesus described himself as the, uh, the water of life. And whether that claim is true or false, it's still a very significant claim. And one well worth thinking about, therefore. Uh, this is a quote from Dan Brown's best-selling novel, The Da Vinci Code. Uh, one of the central uh, ideas of the novel, uh, according to one of the characters here, is that Jesus was only thought of as a man until around about the Council of Nicaea. Classical sources uh, describe several Christian priests from Stobby attending the Council of Nicaea. So is Dan Brown right? Was the idea that Jesus was not just human but also divine 
suddenly thought up and voted on at the Council of Nicaea. That, that council met in 325 AD. And as the American author Mark Meckelberg points out, the common claim today is that belief in Jesus as a divine person arose long after he walked on earth. Personally, I agree with him that the best historical scholarship shows that this just isn't the case. There are various uh, avenues of evidence that you could consider here. Uh, the direct evidence, primarily from the, the written texts of the New Testament, of course. But it's also very interesting to look at the indirect evidence of what people believed about Jesus from early times. As uh, Professor Craig Evans, a very well-respected New Testament scholar, puts it, to assert that Jesus did not regard himself as in some sense God's son makes the historian wonder why others did. Particularly since those others from the earliest time were not polytheistic uh, Greco-Roman people but fiercely monotheistic Jews and I'd like to look at some examples of archaeological evidence about Christian beliefs about Jesus predating the Council of Nicaea. Here's a fascinating wall painting from a house church uh, in modern-day Syria dated to about 235 AD. You may just be about able to work out a figure standing here with an arm outstretched <coughs> over a man lying on a bed. 
And then here we have the same figure carrying his bed. It puts one in mind of a very specific story about Jesus reported in Mark's Gospel. This uh, painting is actually the earliest known representation of Jesus. And it reflects very clearly the story of Jesus uh, healing the paralyzed man whom he had said to, your sins are forgiven. Which, of course, the religious leaders there in the story recognized as a claim to being divine. If you do something to hurt me, then I've got the right to forgive you. But if you hurt Todor, and I come up to you and say, don't worry about it, I forgive you, who do I think I am? The only person offended by all sins is God. Hence why they understand that Jesus' claim to forgive this man's sins is a claim to be on a par with God himself. It's blasphemy, the same kind of blasphemy that eventually got Jesus crucified. So here, a hundred years before the Council of Nicaea, we see a painting that vividly recalls a story about Jesus claiming to be divine. This is a church uh, from the 5th century unearthed in Capernaum. Where the Gospels say Jesus spent a lot of time in Capernaum. Uh, it was the home of the disciple, the fisherman Peter. In the 1960s, archaeologists discovered the remains of a 4th century church underneath the 5th century church. And 
And that 4th century church had in turn been built around a 1st century normal house. And there were clear signs that this 1st century house had been used as a Christian meeting place from very early times, uh, from the second half of the 1st century. It's somewhere mentioned by the Emperor Constantine's mother uh, in 380 AD. And she says that this was the, the house of Peter, and it was the very same house where Jesus healed the paralytic on the bed. Now, these, uh, this first century house had various prayers scratched into the, the plaster work on the wall. Uh, including saying things like uh, Lord Jesus Christ Uh, a clear indication of of thinking of Jesus as as Lord like uh, the Jews called Yahweh Lord This is absolutely fantastic archaeological find. It's an early Christian church or prayer hall uh, dug up in Megiddo. Here's a, a pictorial reconstruction of what the building would have originally looked like. Only it wouldn't have had the cutaway. <laughs> And here is the remaining floor of that building. And it's been dated by a pottery and coins to about 230 AD. Let me interest a couple of highlights of this mosaic. First of all, here's a, a close-up of those fish in the middle there. Now, from early times, we know that the fish uh, was an early Christian symbol. Because the word fish in Greek, uh, ichthus, each of those letters uh, stood for something in an acrostic. Uh, which meant uh, Jesus Christ, God's Son, Saviour. Uh, 
Here's an example of the same acrostic from Stobby. Uh, where in this mosaic it's the letters uh, ichthus which are put there rather than a picture of the fish. So there's uh, an indication of the people who built this place thinking of uh, Jesus Christ as God's son, saviour. But even clearer is this text here, and here's an enlargement of it. Uh, it talks about the lady who had donated the communion table in the center of the hall. And it reads, the God-loving Akeptus has offered the table to God, Jesus Christ, as a memorial. One last example. Uh, this is called the uh, Alexaminos Graffito. Brilliant. Uh, graffito is Latin for graffiti. <laughs> this joke may not translate easily. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and it's been dated to around 200 AD. It's probably scratched into the plaster by one Roman soldier having a joke at the expense of a fellow Roman soldier. Uh, who is portrayed here with his hand lifted up to a figure on a cross. Uh, who's been portrayed with a donkey's head because he's been so stupid as to get himself crucified. And the writing below this uh, cartoon reads Alexaminos worships his God. And who else from the ancient world do we know who was crucified? and might have been worshipped by anyone. Having looked at this kind of evidence, and no doubt the, the more direct evidence as well, this is uh, what Professor of Classics and Philosophy John Rist uh, from the University of Toronto had to say. 
Това казва Джон Рис, професор по класическа филология и философия от университета на Торонто. Basically that he concluded that the full range of Christian claims about Christ go back to his very earliest Jewish followers. He says, I could no longer delude myself that real scholarship told us we have no evidence that Jesus himself as well as the earliest generation of his followers made claims for his divinity. When I saw this clearly, he says, I only had to decide whether the totality of the record about Jesus looked like that of a, a madman Or a, or a liar it was not difficult to see that it didn't Rist is wrestling with the dilemma of who Jesus is given those claims that it seems he made about himself But as Professor John Duncan points out, it's not really a dilemma where you have only two options. He said there are three options. It's a trilemma. Christ either deceived mankind by conscious fraud or he was himself deluded, self-deceived or he was divine. British uh, atheist Richard Dawkins really doesn't like this argument. Ричард But he sincerely thought that he was God and he wasn't, but that didn't mean that he was mad, it just mean he made a mistake. You know, I sometimes think I've left the keys somewhere where I haven't. Uh, it doesn't mean I'm mad, I'm, I've just made a mistake. Jesus sincerely thought he was God, even though he wasn't, according to Dawkins. 
But that doesn't mean he's mad. He just made a mistake. I love the, uh, the irony, the humor of uh, Nicky Gumbel's response to Dawkins here. The irony of the God delusion is that Dawkins says that all Christians are deluded because they believe there is a God. But Jesus was not deluded even though he thought he was God. That doesn't seem to escape the trilemma. So what you make of Jesus depends on how you sort out which of those three options is the most plausible in the light of everything else you think you can reliably know about him. And if you would like to uh, wrestle with that more, let me do a bit of self-promotion. Uh, and recommend my new book, Understanding Jesus. Mm. Which examines this argument and four other arguments for the Christian view of Jesus. Thank you very much, and particularly thank you to those of you who've had to stand for this. Thank you. Thank you.